Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast which we disassemble a film from the Marvel Cinematic Universe into one-minute segments and then examine it in an obsessive and occasionally hilarious detail. I'm Kyle Olson from the Swashbuckling Ladies Debate Society podcast. Hey, and I'm Rob Cabosco, Kyle, Ray, yes. joining Hello. us again for another minute. <laughs> okay, now, there was a movie I believe we talked about early on when we began Season 3. We talked about uh, other movies that have the number two in the title. Mm, mm-hmm. And I believe one of those movies we talked about was RoboCop 2. Oh, yes. Now, RoboCop 2, 1990 American science fiction action film directed by Irvin Kirshner. Oh, yes. the Kirsch! That Irvin Kirshner. Wow. Well, that I didn't know. <laughs> and yeah. with, yes, that Irvin Kirshner. That information and... was like a blast of nuke right to my system. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, what? Uh, written by um, Frank Miller. And yes, that Frank that Miller. Wow. And and also by uh, Waylon Green, that name you may not be familiar with. You were if you watched 1980s episodic police television. He won multiple Emmys for Hill Street Blues, mm. Law and & Order, and NYPD Blue. Oh, he was there so, for the cop part of RoboCop. The cop part of RoboCop, correct. All right. <laughs> now, everyone, I'm sure a lot of people who grew up in the time frame that we're all from, uh, you've seen RoboCop. RoboCop 2, interesting sequel uh, basically, OCP renders Detroit bankrupt. They try to make a RoboCop 2 on their own. I, we mentioned it in the last minute. Basically, at this point, this is the 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 homage uh, in Iron Man 2 is to those sequences. And they have this really crazy sequence where they're trying to build these RoboCop 2s based on the, the remains of other police officers. And basically, the police officers, as soon as they flip the switch, they go insane. They either accidentally shoot the lab technicians right to the next to them, or they take their own lives. Um, it's crazy. It's it's one of those scenes in RoboCop 2. If you haven't seen it, they push the envelope and they already pushed the envelope in the first yeah. one. They they obliterated the envelope in RoboCop <laughs> 2. And and it's it's a mix of just ridiculous horror and craziness trying to make it funny. It's your mileage will vary as I yeah. always say this. We are still in the Senate chamber here in minute 17 <laughs> of yes. Iron Man 2, directed by John Favreau from the far off year of 2010. Celebrating its 10th anniversary. Woo! Uh, so we have the trial of Tony Stark is still continuing. Now, at this point, uh, Tony has taken command of the monitors in the room and is sh- showing footage that uh, no one expected to see. Uh, and so they are frantically trying to stop this footage from being shown. So they're running around and running around in panic and pulling cables and trying to get out there. Uh, even Justin Hammer jumps up there like, like, oh no, <laughs> my livelihood's at stake. Like trying to <laughs> get out there. Uh, we see Tony then throws up footage from Iran. So we see actually they're further along in terms of like uh, the flying suit. So they actually have a person in a suit really quickly who then flies up and immediately slams into the ground and then, and then rolls over into the camera and probably, that, I, I don't think that cameraman made it. Uh, and so, yeah, Tony, Tony's uh, commentary on that is no grave immediate threat here. <laughs> <laughs> and the next on his on his playlist, I love that he like has created a little uh, playlist for all the things. Uh, is that Justin Hammer? Uh, and so then he brings up the uh, Hammer the the, techno- the Hammer Industries footage. And he says, "Justin, you're on TV. Focus up." As Justin's frantically pulling cables, trying to stop this thing down. Uh, so we see Justin Hammer has created his own Iron Man suit. I mean, it's a big. I mean, it looks. I, I, this everything's in black and white, right? No, his yeah. is color. His sequence is, is color. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Oh, yes. Okay, so the suit is gray then. Right. So just right. like the like the the uh, the Mark One and the Mark Two, uh, right. it's in like the gray. He hasn't uh, you know put the spinning rims on it yet. Um, 
so he sees somebody there and he's and so justin is standing next to this this test pilot i was in there and having him go through a range of motions and they're like lifting his legs and doing it, and then uh just turns at the waist 180 degrees and so does the pilot and it swings around a whole 180 degrees <laughs> you hear the pilot <laughs> screaming in pain <laughs> no okay so two two interesting things about this one and and obviously okay the continued development of understanding who the justin hammer character is yeah we talked about how Tony got control of these screens, right? And that's real. Yes. Like that, right? You can understand how that technology would happen. He just needs to go for the power plug. Yeah. And what this is showing is he doesn't understand technology yeah. at all. <laughs> <laughs> this, 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 this whole sequence is, dude, he just talks. Yeah. And you're cl- you got it clearly right here in this moment. Yeah. He doesn't he's, know what he's, he's doing. He is definitely like the CEO part of it. Like right. he's signing checks for the smart people. He is a hands-off CEO. He brings the money and that's yes. it. If you put him yeah. in the cave with the same stuff that Tony Stark right. used to create the first arc reactor, he wouldn't create anything. No. <laughs> and that's he's interesting. All about you, the flash. Yes. Exactly. No, it's yeah. the performance. It's it's the it's the nonsense, right? And you get that. Now, is there something to talk about with the the gentleman who was in this suit that got injured? Well, I, I thought that thing too. So there is there is some Marvel like lore, right? That, that, like, because so in the in the far off year from this day of 2016, uh, we have Doctor Stephen Strange is a is a prominent spinal surgeon or like you know a a, a surgeon. So he and he's driving uh, one night. He they're going through a list of cases and they mention one of those cases being a pilot who has a a severed spine crushed spine i can't remember what the exact term is so i looked i, I thought i'm like oh i wonder if this is it because people said oh they're talking about roadie and i'm like and then people say like oh what if he's talking about the guy from just hammers and the timeline doesn't really work because right. that the when he's talking about that that happened in 2016 and obviously here we are in 2010 so by the marvel timeline neither of those events really tie into it so you, I mean, I guess you can if you find a, a a way to sort of fold those things in together. That this person has been, you know, uh, bedridden for the last five years, and that's the way you'd explain it exactly, thing. right? Oh, okay, but like, yeah, the the roadie thing hadn't happened yet by that point, right. and this one had already been years. So okay, I guess if you want to say that this is like a a case that suddenly came back up for whatever reason, sure. But otherwise, it was just a it was just a you know. Happen, happenstance. Exactly. Yeah. No, I know that that's been a discussion over the years about yeah. when soon as after Doctor Strange came out. Uh, but yeah, the number, the, the time doesn't really yeah. match up. So, yeah. Uh, so then uh, Justin Amber finally does get wise and finally just yanks the power cord out. <laughs> <laughs> well, it took him long enough. It sure did. <laughs> Seriously. So uh, then, and as you do this, uh, Tony says, Yeah, I'd say most countries are five to 10 years away. Hammer Industries, 20. <laughs> I love Justin runs around the table, grabs the microphone, and goes, uh, uh, I'd like to point out that test pilot survived. <laughs> Which, Which just again. proves that Sam Rockwell is just a treasure. He is fantastic. This is a great performance. I mean, we're all we're just in the beginning. He's so great as this character, but also you get the character of the character immediately is like damage control. Immediately yeah. goes in, and it's not even good damage control. It's tone deaf damage control. Yes, <laughs> saying this guy survived after you've seen him, you know, yeah, bilaterally destroyed. Like, come on, dude, don't even just sit down. Like, it just shows how much he doesn't get. He doesn't. He doesn't have a lot of situational awareness. That's one of the things that. We're- oh, 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 oh. Pick up the hammer. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> 
<laughs> I got really. <laughs> oh boy, that was pretty good. I, I was like, "What is happening?" But I like trying not to interrupt second. you. No, no, no. That was good. That was awesome. Apparently, the, um, it was hammer time. It, it's gonna happen. It's gonna happen quite a lot. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I just, I just love that. And then I love the going back to to Tony as he's take as he's saying this. And again, look at look at Don Cheadle. Just look at yeah. Rose <laughs> smiling behind sitting. his hand. Like well, cannot show how delighted he is. He's by Tony hiding Dan. the smile, but he's got the side eye to Tony. Just going, dude, you're making it worse for all of us. <laughs> and you know what? Just those little subtle actions that Don Cheadle takes in this sequence at the Senate hearing just for my money is a million times better than the guy who shall not be named from Iron Man (laughs) 1. Well, isn't that great though? I mean, that shows you here's how great actors make other actors better in these scenes because part of what sells that I think Mm -hmm. is this hubris that we are obviously developing with Tony is those other characters. Both of these guys make Tony even more ridiculous in this. It's just great. I just and, love it. I say one of the unsung hero in this, and that and that uh, Favreau pointed out, uh, is actually the editor uh, because he yes. actually singles out Christopher Barron as one of the editors who basically took on this scene because this scene was way longer. Like and we've seen deleted scenes, but there's even more stuff we haven't seen that this scene went on on, and they and they said it was it was killing the movie because it's like, it's so early on and now you're in a trial and you can't get out of it. There's all this new characters and exposition and all these things. And so this was like his, uh, one of the things that they, they, it was right up until the end they were still editing it. Like it wasn't until like the final cut of the movie where they finally had a version of this that they really liked. And it was, it was, I think, I think it was Christopher that he said was the one who basically took it on as a personal challenge. And so everybody was oh. just like throughout the entire process was just cutting and cutting and cutting and cutting and trying to get it into it. And finding moments like that is one of the brilliant things because of all the hours and hours of footage to find those couple of moments where you can have that much storytelling and character and acting where you just like this little thing. That's, that's the genius of editing. You know, what else is great about the editing here is the very even balanced going back and forth between C-SPAN footage and movie footage. Mm, yes. yes. And I, and that's important yeah. because what it's made, and it, we'll talk about this again in the next minute. Cause that's a all of these process stuff. That's interconnected. Right. But what I love about this is telling you the story is, is that you're seeing it. You're seeing the nuances of those moments of like their reactions to one another but then you're seeing how does this play as a viewer as let's say I was sitting at my home watching this because spoilers, someone's watching this. Yes. Right. That's what they're doing here. The editor is putting you in the place of that third observer. Yeah. And how does, how do these moments of this, again, this attitude from Tony, how does it play? This is brilliantly done. I mean, you'd think this is just, Oh, nothing. No, a lot of thought went into how this is told. Yeah. Nice job. Yeah, so then uh, Senator Stern is trying to get control of this uh, and says, uh, I-, I think we're done uh, is the point he's making. Uh, and so that's not the point Tony is making, which he says, the point is you're welcome, I guess, because I'm your nuclear deterrent. It's working. We're safe. America is secure. You want my property? You can't have it. But I did you a big favor. And this is the big line that always comes up. I have successfully privatized world peace. And then does the the Nixon. Yeah. <laughs> Victory, the double yeah. victory. <laughs> what more do you want? And that's when the minute comes to an end. So Grand let me ask you guys Tony. a question. Yeah. I um. So in watching this minute on the Blu-ray, mm-hmm. I had the commentary on, 
And John Favreau said something about these other test suits in other countries being, they referred to them as feebles. Yeah. Yeah. Is I think that's anything? just, no, I think that's just a, like a industry term. Okay. Like in terms of just like the graphic design, you know, things. Gotcha. But yeah. I heard that too. And I didn't, I didn't know what that was either. I couldn't find anything about it. Cause when you look at feebles, you find meet the feebles, which right. is a Peter Jackson movie has nothing to do with this, but if you're of a, a unique mindset, it's a, it's an enjoyable film to watch. <laughs> Would it be funny if it's literally just short for feeble attempts at making an Iron Man? <laughs> yeah, that, that actually makes a ton of sense. That would be hilarious. <laughs> feeble attempts. Yeah. Jeez. Um, no prize sent. I like that. So, you know, as we're watching this, obviously, uh, based on his performance, I wouldn't give many stars to Justin Hammer. No? Uh, don't no, think so. because he, he fumbled this whole thing here. But the pilot lived. <laughs> I know, but in in a world of uh, business acumen and mm-hmm. you know and PR, I'm not going to give Justin. I'm not going to give him a high rating. However, I would hope that there are people that our listeners would be willing to give a much higher rating, maybe as high as five stars. Oh, and you can do so over at iTunes or Pod- Pocket Cast, whatever your podcatcher of choice. We're Absolutely. looking for uh, your reviews, and our favorite number of stars is five. We appreciate it. Please, all right. we, and, we, and remember, we, we, all three of us lived through this entire recording. So, I mean, if that's not worth five stars. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Ray, can you hang out with us for as the trial continues? I mean, you know, you are our legal expert. I'm in traction, but I can, I can <laughs> hang out. But you lived. The point is that you lived. I'll so be make here. Sure, make sure you're all here uh, back for minute 18 as the trial will finally conclude and we can move on to maybe some Iron Man action. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, so so uh, uh, stick around. Enough said. Bye. <laughs>